Welcome, friends, to the Life on Purpose podcast. I'm so excited to start my third season with you. This year, we are focusing on the word confidence, how to get more of it, and where we are currently seeking it. The goal is to bring you some incredible conversations that will provide you with newfound wisdom, guidance, and resources. And on this third season of Life on Purpose podcast, we want to keep you inspired and remind you that everything you are looking for is on the other side of fear. It is my privilege, as always, to be a part of your journey to living with courage, hope, and confidence this year. And the beginning we all know to living with confidence starts with recognizing what is keeping us stuck. And for a fun, quick way to get started, hop over to my website at amydebrick.com and take my quiz, Are You Stuck in Your Comfort Zone? You can also access other free resources while you're there or grab a copy of my book, Embolden. Enjoy. Well, welcome everyone. This morning on the Life on Purpose podcast, I am excited to talk with my friend, Sherry Fletcher. Sherry and I just met actually last week and uh, we're going to be meeting up again at the Spark Conference. So I'm so excited to have you on this morning, Sherry. So welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was a treat to get to meet you last week because you're a guest on my podcast. So thanks for having me today. I know. I'm so excited. Well, Sherry, you have like a million hats that you wear. You're a writer, speaker, singer, which I just discovered. And um, you're the host of, like you had said, your own podcast called Your Spiritual Game Plan. Um, you also you know, love to share the message of how intentionally you were being a part of God's plan and how to help understand that the enemy is just as intentional with a plot against it, which is so true. And I think something that we oftentimes don't think about in our day-to-day life when we fall off our, you know, goals for the day or, or whatever, just how many things really we have going against us that are stemming from the enemy and how he wants to sabotage all the stuff that we have planned or God's plan for us that, you know, just doesn't execute perfectly. And we forget that he's, he's always in the waiting there. Um, so I'm excited today to talk to you about your spiritual game plan, but before we dive into all of that, can you just tell the listeners just a little bit uh, about yourself and how you ended up here in podcasting and, and doing your ministry work? Yeah, exactly. So I think a lot of us started podcasting in 2020. (laughs) Um, So uh, your spiritual game plan is something I've actually been doing for 18 years. And yeah, it was, uh, I moved to Tennessee from Washington in 2020. And in Washington, I actually ran a program called spiritual game planning. And when everything shut down, uh, we had to go virtual with the, um, the, program that I ran in Washington. And, um, and I'd also hoped to do more speaking once I became empty nest and that all stopped in 2020. And, um, my coach at that time said, well, you're already doing your spiritual game plan zoom with your, with your people, just put it out on a, on a podcast. And so, uh, it was a little scary. I think it's scary when you put it out there for more people to listen to, but, um, I did it. And so God has really blessed um, the ministry and the message. And I'm getting to meet more and more people like yourself. And uh, so, yeah, in May of 2020, I, I took a leap of faith and put your spiritual game plan on the air. Mm, I love that. 
I love that. And let me back up a little bit just for the listeners, because I thought this was so just blew me away last week. So you had lived in Washington for how many years? Yeah, 30, 30 yeah. years. And as we're talking, my she was like 20 minutes, maybe a half hour from where my kids are just totally yeah. missed each other in the move. But I just think that, that is so wild anyway, just the connection and how God puts people together and, you know, who would have thought that, right? I know. I, when you were telling me where your kids were, I knew exactly where they were because uh, my husband still has part of his business right there where they're at. So it just is crazy. I love it. It is crazy. Well, I want to talk about the, your spiritual game plan. So tell me, how did you even come up with this? Is Was there something that happened in your life or something that you just felt like God was laying on your heart that it was, you know, like I need to create this spiritual game plan, um, for not only myself, but for other people. So how did that really kind of develop? Yeah. So like I said, it's something I've been doing for 18 years. <laughs> so I'll age myself here. Um, <laughs> I was, I am a metaphor, uh, thinker. So I'll give that little bit of background. I was watching my husband coach my daughter's middle school basketball team and I was watching those sweet little girls really, really pay attention to their game plans. And they studied their game books really very intentional because they did not want to get on that floor and not know the play that my husband was going to call out. They didn't want to be that player that, that botched the play and lost the game. So they would study that play and my daughter would come home and practice and practice. And it was a Christian school. We're in a home of faith. And I thought, wow we don't sit and study our Bibles and we don't really study the plays in the Bible like that. So that when our kids get out there in that world and they're up against the opposition, they've, they don't know their plays like that um, right off the back of their hand. So that when, you know, our coach God says, you know, this is what's happening. We hear his voice. We know what to do. And I started thinking in metaphor, we've got to have a spiritual game plan. <laughs> we've got to have our kids know their scripture and know the enemy and know how they're, how the enemy plays and have a defense. But I knew that if um, I went into the middle school and started talking about having a spiritual game plan, not only would my kids roll their eyes and want to hide under their desk, <laughs> <laughs> it would be, it would come across as another lecture. Cause I was already um, teaching, you know, church classes, they'd come to church and they'd see Mrs. Fletcher and it would probably just be another, you know, lecture. So I went to the high school, which was also a Christian um, school that it was all one big campus, separate mm -hmm. schools, but same campus. And I went to some of the high school kids and said, Hey, do you want to work with me? And we'll kind of develop a little program and you guys can go down to the middle school and talk to them about having some ideas ahead of time before they get to high school. And what, what were some of the challenges that you wish you had thought about ahead of time before you got to high school? And how can we incorporate some spiritual guidance and the upperclassmen, some seniors and juniors are like, yeah, that would be fun. And it would kind of be mentoring and they would think you're cool. And it wouldn't be a, a lecture. We worked in some icebreakers and some fun games and, and uh, we did it and it was just amazing. And they were like, can we do this next year? And it, it took off and we did it for 18 years to where the middle school kids wanted to, to uh, try out, if you will, to be mm -hmm. the mentors once they got to high school. 
And, uh, you know, the, the thing that breaks my heart was when COVID hit and everything shut down, we did it one year virtually, but, um, you know, a different story, but with us having to move, we didn't really get to say goodbye and the program ended, but now, yeah. So my youth are still all there, but, um, I don't think the program has carried on, but the podcast is here. And, um, through that program, I met several women who were like, I have got to figure out a spiritual game plan for when the enemy comes after me. And I feel like I have no purpose. And I feel like I have, you know, I can't live out my calling. And um, through those 18 years and just meeting moms through through this program, I started mentoring women as well. And that's where I'm at today. Mm. Well, I love that whole, <laughs> the whole beginning on that and just how it really uh, came about. And I love the fact that you had the insight um, to step out of that role as, okay, it's going to, you, you knew, you already knew just, this was going to come across as just like another preaching, you know, whether it's to your kids or whatever that was going to be received in that manner. Had you just done it on your own, but you, you know, you took these young adults who I, and I love that how you kind of, they were excited. It's an Mm -hmm. exciting thing to be a part of because you're letting them be involved in the process. You're asking them, okay, what were your challenges? You're not making these assumptions and speaking for them. You're actually including them into the process, which I think is sometimes something that as parents, we, we overlook a little bit Mm -hmm. because, you know, we are trying to, we have all the right intentions, um, with our kids, but I think it's really important to have more of a discussion, let them do more of the talking and us do more of the listening. And it is so hard, but gosh, what a, what a wonderful accomplishment with that. And through that school program and all of the lives that you were able to touch with that. And now, you know what, I mean, having said that, and, and I can feel your sadness, even in sharing how you had to leave kind of abruptly, but you know, now it's, it's, it can be national level, you know, because you're, you're podcasting, your message can be heard by people who would have never heard it before. And, you know, maybe they will incorporate some of these things into their own lives, into their own schools. You know, you just don't never know what your reach is going to be. So I think it's a a huge blessing, but Sherry, I want to touch on something that you just mentioned. And we had talked a little bit about it before we recorded, and that was your purpose. And, you know, of course my podcast is life on purpose, which is really trying to have people double down on really paying attention and living in purpose instead of just having the world keep going by. And, you know, you're not even really fully engaged in what you're doing and all of that, but purpose sometimes is something that can be, I think, confusing for people. Mm -hmm. And even I would say misunderstood. So explain a little bit about the idea of what purpose looks like when you're talking about your spiritual game plan. Absolutely. And it's such a passionate topic for both of us. I think um, I know the enemy wants us to be lost. He wants us to feel lost and isolated. That has been his number one goal. He he wanted the, um, in heaven, he took what, a third of the angels He wants us to feel lost and alone. And so if he can have us believe that we, that we actually have no purpose, um, that's, he's just so excited about that. So you'll hear common phrases. Uh, I, I don't know who I am. I need to find myself. Um, you hear people say, well, you know, I don't know who I am anymore. I've got to find my purpose. And 
what I'm hearing people say is I just don't feel relevant. I'm, I don't feel like I, I matter. And those are the enemy's words because God is so intentional. He told us we were a masterpiece and I don't know of any creator in the world. we all have a creative side to us. And when we sit down to create anything, we have an intention for it. We know what it's going to be used for. I use an architect, for example, he, when he sits down to make a drawing, he has a complete visualization of what that's going to look like and even how it's going to be used, even how the doorknob is going to fit into the door jam and shut. He knows every little last detail and he's a human being. So when the Lord wove us together in our mother's womb, he knew exactly what he was going to do and who we were going to be throughout our entire life and whose lives we were going to touch at every moment. He's that intentional. We are a masterpiece. So if he's that intentional and he created us to do good works that he planned for us, we have a purpose. We are not lost, but that's what the enemy wants. And so when people are saying we, I, I need to find who I am, I believe that what they're saying is at this moment, I have either lost a role, a position or a title. I'm in a a season of transition. Maybe uh, I lost a career or I've quit a career or I've uh, gone through a divorce or I've lost a loved one or I'm empty nest. Something has been taken that has given them purpose or they believe has given them purpose. And so that's the enemy. That's a strategy that the enemy is using to make them feel worthless. And so having a spiritual game plan means that we can identify the feeling for what it is. Our purpose was given to us um, before we were born. It's, it's to glorify the Lord. Um, we are, we are given, um, we are born to glorify the Lord, but our calling in life is different. And so our calling is how we're going to glorify the Lord. And so your calling is how you glorify the Lord. And my calling is how I glorify the Lord. And we will bring that calling into every role that we have. And so just because I'm in a new role right now, my role was abruptly um, changed. It was taken from me, but do I still have purpose? Even though I no longer run the spiritual game plan program in Washington, I still do have purpose. I don't have to go find myself now that I'm in Tennessee. I have the same purpose, even though my role has changed. So I like to challenge people and say, yes, your roles in life are going to change, but your purpose is eternal. Your purpose has an eternal impact. And you bring the calling that God created for you to have into each role that you have and the purposes for an eternal impact. Yeah. I love that. It reminds me, um, a, a former, or um, a fellow writer, Sarah Wood had said to me the other day, you know, sometimes the assignment changes, but the purpose is yeah. the same, which yeah. is so true. And, and exactly like you're talking about, you know, you, you just left Washington, you, you did kind of, you guys did a whole whole change and transition, but the purpose is the same. It's just the assignment looks different now. And I think sometimes we have a hard time with those seasons of transition. So I want to just ask you like for that person who has experienced maybe something like you just recently did, you know, where it's completely unexpected. I mean, I think a lot of people right now with COVID and all of that have, have had lots of abrupt change that they weren't planning for or wanted or anything like that, but how can somebody find their relevance and worth 
in a season of transition, if you haven't really, if, if you maybe don't have the level of faith that you do right now, or the, um, you know, the theology background, how can you help somebody in a first step getting, getting to that point? Absolutely. Well, when you're, when you say find, that means you're looking. So the first step is the strategy is, is where are you looking? Mm. And so I, I like to ask people what to really pay attention to what people thank you for. What do people in your life thank you for? Um, I, I often think, and especially in the society now where, where we're, everything has to be so grand. You post something and you're immediately looking to see how many likes you get and how many followers. And so we're looking for a grand response. And if it's not as grand as we thought, or it's not as many likes as we thought, then all of a sudden we think it's not relevant or we think it's not good, but yet um, a little thank you. And so if you start really paying attention and maybe writing down how many times you're actually thanked in a day, and even if it's only once, what was it for? Because even if it's once, if you're thanked, you made a difference right then, right there for somebody else. And so even if it's not deeply theological and you don't have a memorized scripture, if you're looking for this world and in this world to validate your value, you will be discouraged constantly and on a continual basis. Um, and that's what the enemy wants. He wants you to look in this world for your validation instead of in Christ, who you were created in the image of and for to glorify him. And so when we're looking in this world, it's going to just disappoint us over and over. And yet it, we are constantly wanting to achieve what this world tells us we need to achieve. And so it's discouraging. It's goals that we can't, we can't achieve. And it's discouraging all the time. And so having this strategy, even if it's asking someone that, that if you have a friend that has a little bit deeper faith, can you give me a Bible verse? Uh, and can you show me how to find a Bible verse or even a song? Can you recommend a song that I could have on autoplay when this happens? I have a game plan. I have a spiritual game plan. When the enemy is making me feel this bad, I can play this song or that I can pull up a scripture on a card that my friend gave me and I can say it out loud. Saying it out loud is huge over the enemy and just having that card right there to say it out loud, the claim who God says I am. Right. Well, I think you're right. I think uh, there is something about, I always say that something to be said for saying something out loud. I think it, it definitely um, either adds power to the situation or it takes power away from the negative thoughts that, you know, that um, the evil one is trying to penetrate in our head, but it, it does make it more powerless when we can speak life over it, whatever that is. Um, and I also love the fact that you are talking about, you know, where are you getting those thank yous? Because I think especially, and I, I think you would agree, I see it so much in this industry, but it's all over with social media and whatever anybody's business is and what they're trying to promote and, and grow numbers and platforms and all of that is that it's so easy, isn't it, to just overlook the one or two that are giving you the affirmation to saying you are on the right track because we 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 have a tendency to kind of overlook those we don't feel like are going to propel us to that next level whatever that next level we think should be when in reality they are the next level 
they're the ones that we're doing it for. And so when they're giving us those feedback, sometimes it's even, sometimes you, you even don't even pay attention to it because like you said, it, it, it can become, you get in this comparison role and you feel like, oh, well, my, my purpose and my vision and all of this is, is supposed to be reaching, you know, these mass, massive, you know, numbers and, and all of this. And then we, we don't even validate or acknowledge the one or two thank yous that really, those are the ones that are really trying to, you know, God's sending to keep us going. No, you, this is where you're supposed to be at. And, and, you know, and, and that, that's why they're giving you these thank yous and validation and, and you need to go on that and not what you don't have. So many times, right. We focus on the, what we don't have and what we're lacking instead of what's right in front of our face. Yeah, exactly. I kind of, you know, in this, we have another world where we can register for the gifts we want. You know, we can, I can tell you what I want for Christmas. I can tell you what I want for my birthday. And, uh, if someone gives us a gift we didn't register for, sometimes we just kind of go, oh, I didn't even ask for that. And, and, you know, God has given us these gifts. And sometimes we're like, but I didn't ask for that, God. I asked for what you gave her. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to stick this gift on the right. shelf. And can I return that? Is there a receipt? And God's going, I just gave you this beautiful gift right here. And, or I gave you this one soul that I needed you to feed. And because it wasn't grand enough, because it wasn't who I, who you thought it should be, you didn't do it. And so, you know, we've got Satan keeps putting these big, beautiful things that are luring us away because we think it's got to be grand. Right. And Jesus keeps saying it's for the least of these, it's for the least of these. And so having a spiritual game plan is something that keeps us aware of what's going on. And we've got to be in the word. And even if we are beginners, that's, that's okay. Just open the word or ask a friend that might be, have, you know, studies the word a little bit more and say, show me where to go. Show me where to start. Give me some scriptures and start paying attention. And I, you know, back to metaphors, when my kids were in basketball, all three of them were the coach would have them go and start watching games for the up and coming season of who they were going to be playing so that they knew, okay, we're going to play this team and this is how they play. And you've got to know how the enemy plays and he plays nasty. And so you can see it when it's coming. I feel discouraged. Oh, this is why I feel discouraged because I'm going to be speaking coming up. I'm going to be speaking. And so that's why I'm getting a headache. That's why I'm getting self-defeating thoughts. You've been talking a lot about sabotaging self-defeating, sabotaging thoughts on your podcast lately. And it's not a coincidence, right? You know, it's not. And so a lot of times when, whatever you're going to be talking on, God's going to challenge you that if you're going to be talking about marriage, all of a sudden, maybe you're going to be having arguments in your marriage and, and your spouse might say, well, look, you're talking on marriage and look at us. You can't even do this right. That don't blame your spouse for that. That's the enemy, you know, see it for what it is. Right. No, that's so true. That's so true. And we have been doing a lot, talking about self-sabotage a lot, because I think in these different ways, we don't even realize when that's happening until we're kind of in the thick of it, you know, and it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to get yourself out of that mode because you're not really putting the blame on where it belongs. And so then it becomes contention and conflict with other people mm-hmm. and, um, and even with yourself and unnecessarily. 
you know, for sure. Well, Sherry, I could talk to you all day about this because I just love the whole (laughs) idea of the spiritual game plan. And I also think that, you know, if people can um, wrap their brains around the idea that, like you said, your spiritual game plan is unique to you because the unique way that God designed you, but following that without factoring in what your expectation or numbers or platforms or success or finances and all of that is, but just being obedient and following it, that's really the grandness of it. Yes. And so I love that you have this for people. I know you have a freebie. So I want you to talk a little bit before we wrap up here on ways that people can continue to connect with you, um, learn more about your, um, this, uh, this plan and how they can stay in contact with you in the future for all your upcoming things. I would love that. Thank you for this opportunity. I, I love when people email me and join my email subscription because I love strategizing with people. And so the best way is to join my email subscription at sherryfletcher.com slash join me, or just go to my website at sherryfletcher.com um, and hit the join Sherry. And right now I have um, a little freebie mini course that they can get on discovering how to find your relevance and worth in the seasons of transition. And you're going to get um, a five steps to start your spiritual game plan. It kind of talks about how it all works and just a little bit of some strategizing with some a video each day and some downloads on how to do it. And then again, you'll get my emails that, that um, how you can keep in touch with me. And then when my podcast drops every Tuesday, so I would love to connect with um, any of the listeners. And if they want to strategize, they can find me there. That sounds great. Thank you so much, Sherry. You had some great wisdom and insight today, and I'm excited for the one who really needed to hear your message. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Well, that's it for us today, friends. If today's episode or any other episode has left you feeling encouraged and inspired, please consider rating, reviewing, or subscribing to Life on Purpose with Amy Debrick from your favorite listening platform. The mission, as always, of Life on Purpose is to meet you where you are, but not leave you there, and let you know that although fear is normal, courage gets the final say. See you next time.